Hello everyone and welcome to the Prayer in the Making Lent Book Club. Uh, this is episode six, would you believe it? And we are in chapter two, the second half of chapter two, and uh, it's called uh, Grief and Gratitude. Uh, and, well, <laughs> what a day. It's uh, I'm recording this right at the end of Friday the 15th of March. What a day to be talking about grief and gratitude in the world uh, with so many people murdered in New Zealand in the mosque shootings today. And uh, I have spent most of the day at a funeral. So lots of uh, opportunities to reflect on grief and gratitude. But I just wanted to uh, chat with you a few minutes about what it means when grief is worship. And I want to talk to you about this because I think it's probably something we're not very comfortable with. It might even be a little bit taboo uh, in some context to think that grief uh, could be worship, that your grief could be something uh, that actually is worship rather than something you have to get out of the way uh, in order to worship. Um, uh, this chapter, this half of the chapter rather, um, reflects a bit on that story in Luke 7 of the woman who came to Jesus uh, and poured perfume on his feet. And uh, it's one of those stories that I realised as I was writing about it, I've probably got some slightly odd ideas about it actually. Because in my head, what happened was that this woman... Uh, decided I'm going to go and gate crash a very important dinner this evening because I want to worship Jesus and I want to bring him my gratitude for all that he's done for me I want to I want to show him how much he means to me so I'm going to take my most precious possession my perfume bottle that has pure nard in it I'm going to take it along and I'm going to go in there uh, and uh, then I'm going to break it, but I'm not just going to break my perfume, I'm going to cry, I'm going to weep on his feet, and uh, there's going to be tears, and I'm going to dry his, uh, dry the tears off his feet with my hair, it's going to be this beautiful, amazing, yeah, probably didn't happen like that, did it? If you know anything about crying, one of the things you'll know is it definitely doesn't happen on cue, well, not if you're the honest type, anyway, and I was reflecting on it thinking the likelier scenario is that she did think I'm going to go and I'm going to take my most precious possession to Jesus. I'm going to go with this amazing perfume. I'm going to go with this incredible sign act of worship, breaking this uh, this perfume open over Jesus feet. And she gets there. And suddenly the crying takes over. And if you have ever cried uh, in a situation where you really wish you weren't crying, uh, then you will know that the crying only makes the crying worse, if that makes sense. So uh, you start to cry and then you feel terrible that you're crying and then you feel embarrassed that you're crying and there's all these <laughs> men sitting around going, you shouldn't even be in this room and now you're crying all over his feet and then you feel terrible so you wipe his feet with your hair because there's tears everywhere probably snot the bible does not mention snot but let's face it people there will have been snot uh, all over the place and and that makes you cry more doesn't it because shame embarrassment all those things make you cry and of course her own story made her cry and so she came to jesus and eventually she got to the perfume but she was 
massively sidetracked by the crying. And you know what? It's one of the most amazing things to me that that story has become that her weeping was her act of worship. That's why Jesus says, you know, actually uh, the the tears on my feet are like the ceremonial washing uh, that you should have given me as a guest. These tears honour me. These tears are worship. And for me, that's very powerful because actually I don't think she had any intention of crying. (laughs) I don't think that was in the plan. Well, at least crying isn't normally in the plan for most of us. Uh, But it happened and Jesus took it as worship. I um, it, If you learn anything in prayer, you learn that when you come to God with your worship, you come to God wanting to be with him and spend time with him and so on. The first thing you do, as well as sitting with God, is you sit with yourself, don't you? Unless you're really delusional, the moment you stop to pray, the first person you encounter actually is yourself. It's not that God isn't there. It's not that God isn't all around you and within you and all the things we've already talked about over the last uh, few sessions. Is It's that we can't get away from ourselves. And sometimes the act of stilling, the act of stopping, the act of stepping aside uh, brings us first of all face to face with ourselves. And if what is in me is primarily grief, then that is what I will encounter in prayer. And if you feel that you've always got to push that aside, that grief, or you've got to somehow get past it in order to get onto the really good worthwhile worship, uh, then you will do nothing but beat yourself up and suppress whatever is going on. And so I want to encourage you, there are some of you for whom at the moment, every time you stop uh, in God's presence, every time you try to pray, every time you bring your alabaster perfume of a brilliant alabaster jar of brilliant perfumes maybe some amazing things you want to say thank you to God for maybe you're focusing on the positive and you want to come to God and you want to bring him your worship of uh, the kind of praise the mini explosions that we talked about the other day actually all that happens is you cry and I want to say that isn't any less worship that is not somehow second grade worship that is to Jesus as profound an act of worship as any of the things that we talked about the other day, as any of the acts of praise that you might do. Um, uh, My husband and I went through a a season of IVF treatment a few years ago, and uh, a long season, it was about uh, three years in, uh, yeah, three years really in total. And uh, it was unsuccessful, and it was unsuccessful seven long and gruelling times. uh, And I came off the end of that um really unable to do anything else in prayer other than grieve. Every time I stopped to pray, I sat with myself and the disappointment, the frustration, the brokenness and all that that left me with. And you know what, in that season, I learned a few things, just just a couple that I want to say to you to encourage you. Um, I learned that grief takes a really long time Um, Sorry if that's a bit depressing because you feel like you've been in it for ages anyway. Grief will not be rushed. It will take the time that it will take. And if it takes over every prayer time you have for the next however long, that isn't a problem to God. It was a problem to me, I have to say. I just wanted to get past it. I can, God, you must be so bored of this by now. I want to be able to say something really positive to you. I want to be able to come to you and rejoice. I don't think any idea what that word meant. 
<laughs> after a little while. It had been so long, but it takes time. And then when I would think I'd get back to rejoicing, oh, I've done some very good rejoicing today. And the next time, uh, the tears would be there again, and I'm there's snot and there's tears, and I'm, oh, and I'm embarrassed again that I'm coming to... It doesn't bother God. It is worship. It takes a long time, but it counts as worship. And the other thing I learned about it is that it is tiring. Again, not the most uh, jolly message to give you, but I, I hope it heartens you. If you feel at the moment that grieving, pain, sorrow feels exhausting, well, you are, in that case, entirely normal. It is. It's absolutely exhausting. Uh, that that woman, after she'd finished her encounter with Jesus, probably felt incredibly blessed, incredibly welcomed, incredibly received and incredibly tired. And that's why grief needs to come into the place of prayer. Because the place of prayer is the place where we find strength for whatever we're walking through. If you try to leave your grief at the door, if you try to say, well, you know, actually, I don't want to bore God with that. Or I feel like I've been over and over this. Or I feel like I should have got past this by now. Or I'm not going to let this take over my prayer time again. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to get on with some other things. Actually, all of those approaches will leave you more tired. Bring the grief in. Let it mess up your prayer time good and proper for a fair old while don't worry about that in it you will find new strength because you've brought it in to the place of his presence you will find new strength that's my story I did find new strength I have found new strength and not only will you find new strength but you will have offered some of the most remarkable worship that you can ever offer to the King of Kings. I'm always amazed that that story um, is recorded in the Gospels. I, that's incredible, isn't it? That, 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 what that woman did, that is remembered. I'm talking to you about it 2,000 years later. That slightly fries my brain. I'm talking to you about it 2,000 years later because it counted as worship. It counted as more it counted more as worship, sorry, than so many of the other things that happened to Jesus and around Jesus in his day that were meant to be worship. But they weren't. They were something else. But what that woman did was worship and she is remembered for it. So if it's all you've got right now, if it's all you've got to bring, please know that it is worship and he receives it as such and he will restore your soul.